We have a very special guest on today's show. We are bringing on NFL expert Matt Williamson to talk about the biggest storylines of the Chargers offseason. You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, and welcome into the Locked on Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined, as always, by my co-host, David Drogemeyer, and we've been covering the Chargers together for seven seasons now, but this is our fifth season as a host of the Locked on Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. Thank you guys, as always, for making us your first listen today, and to make sure you never miss the show, go follow or subscribe for free on the Locked on Chargers YouTube channel, and listen to the show wherever you get your podcast run from. You can do both. You don't have to pick one or the other. We're catering to all audiences, but today, we are bringing on Matt Williamson, who is the host of the Peacock and Williamson show. They do one of the best jobs out there of covering the entire NFL. And we wanted to get an outside perspective on how, you know, an NFL expert from the outside feels about the Chargers, including, you know, saying that Justin Herbert is a top three quarterback up there with, you'll get to hear it, Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes. And also just talk about Kellen Moore, Brandon Staley, first round pick Quentin Johnston, and all the things that he is excited about going into the Chargers 2023 season. But here he is, Matt Williamson. All right, guys, well, we have another very special guest on today's show, one of my favorite hosts on the network, one of the most informed hosts on the network, for sure, covering the entire NFL. We have Matt Williamson, who is the host of the Peacock and Williamson show covering the entire NFL, and also the host of the Locked On Dynasty football show. Matt, what's up, man? Thanks for coming on. Yeah, I'm excited. This will be good stuff. Chargers are a fun team to talk about. How are you guys doing today? Yeah, doing great, man. I mean, and Matt Williamson, you know, intentionally or not, has some of the best sound bites you'll hear from around the Locked On Podcast Network, too. <laughs> has a couple bubble butt, you know, things like that. That's the, the true nitty-gritty we wanted to bring on the show. But we wanted to bring you on for a national perspective on things with the Chargers because, you know, they're always a hyped-up team. They're always an off-talked-about team now in a big market with a big-time quarterback. But sometimes we can get caught in our local bub- bubble covering the Chargers. But you have kind of a national sure. perspective since you cover the NFL so from your perspective, what are the things about this Chargers team that you're most excited about heading into the season? Well, you mentioned the obvious one, and that's Herbert. I, I yeah. mean, if I'm starting a football team and I get to pick anyone out there, yes, one is Pat Mahomes, and you guys have to do battle with him all the time, of yeah. course, and that's that's a curse for you guys in a way. But it's Burrow, Allen, and Herbert. I mean, honestly, in whatever order you want, I think he's probably third of that group after last year, but – is as much ability and upside as any of them. And I like his supporting cast. I think he's really coming into his own. So that's the short answer. And that's the easy answer. And you guys don't need to bring me on to talk about Herbert being great. He is absolutely great. And your audience knows that I try to tell my audience that, but the star power on this team in general is pretty darn impressive. You know, like I just did a, we just did a a recap of um, who has the best skill guys in the league. And Chargers are behind the Niners and maybe the Bengals, you know, and the O-line Slater to me is a star at left tackle. I think Zion can be a star, a high end center. And the defense hasn't quite come. Neither side's really come together. I mean, to be very honest, but the defense has a lot of big time players as well. And coming on here, excited and talking about all the stars. But the big thing that worries me about this team, and I'm sure you guys have a better grasp of it than me is I wonder if it's this year or never, because as it stands right now, the cap situation's a disaster for next year, and Herbert isn't signed. So 
the days of going getting JC Jackson, Khalil Mack, those type of dudes, they're over. So you better put it together. It's just how this league works. Yeah, no question about it. And speaking of Justin Herbert, he's going to be signing one of the biggest contracts in, in professional sports history sure. here, probably in, in the next month or so. But uh, this team will go as far as Justin Herbert can take him. And even with him setting all sorts of records in his first three seasons, the team has failed to live up to expectations. Wins and losses are always going to be tied to the quarterback. But mm -hmm. do you think he has shown enough that he is already one of the best at his position? Yes, clearly. I, I, of all the things in this organization – what I'm worried about least is the guy behind center. I mean, without question. I mean, I think there's other things to raise an eyebrow. And uh, again, I'm not coming on to bash the Chargers, but no, I you want to know though for sure. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. But I mean, and the thing is, is like wins and losses are so commonly tied to your quarterback, no matter what, right? Like whether it's fair, yeah. whether it's not. And so this dude is, you know, two back-to-back -back winning seasons, but only has one playoff loss to show for it. Sure. So like, I'm sure you feel it at the national level. It's like. This dude's getting a lot of heat, but, like, it's so hard to put, you know, a big-time share of the blame on him because it's like you just watch him week in and week out, and the dude is just truly next-level good. And I think that can maybe get taken for granted because of all the things going on around him. See, what I was going with here is I'm 50 years old. I make no bones about it. I'm a Steelers dude. I grew up in sure. Pittsburgh. I work with the team. I was at minicamp. All that stuff. Yeah. And – in a way, I often ju judge organizations against the Steelers because they're so stable. They have a lot of rings. Yada, they're always in it. For good coaches blah, blah, blah. in 50 exactly. years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a, an easy organization to root for around here. And I hate to say it, but I mean, I have so much Steelers gear for my life. But when I was eight years old, I had a Dan Fouts jersey, too. I mean, it's the only, <laughs> the only team that besides the Steelers that I've worn their gear, except for the Browns when they paid me and we lost a lot of games. And so... <laughs> But where I'm going with this is Fouts, Rivers, Breeze, Herbert. I mean, that's Bradshaw Ben. That's Rogers Favre. There's just not the hardware, though. Is right. it a bigger problem? I, I, I know Mike Sando's a good friend of mine. He talked yeah. about during the Rivers era, there he, he was either second worst or worst of all those quarterbacks during the Ben, Rivers, Brady, Peyton, Manning era of support from his special teams and defense yeah. where Brady was number yeah. one. You know what I mean? Like there's more to it than me coming on the show and saying they got Bosa and James and all these stars. Where's the glue? Right. Yeah. No, I mean, I think that makes a lot of sense. And like, that's yeah. what the most frustrating thing about this team is, is sometimes it's so hard to put your finger on it because you know, they have stars, right? Like, and you know that how many good players they have on both sides of the ball, but it's right. still, doesn't come together last year special teams gets a little better so you like to think hey you know maybe exactly. that part of it's being properly valued now they're putting the right resources into it but there's it feels like there's five more things they have to do like covering that part of it up before they get to the stable kind of franchise that you have with the Steelers right where you have right, three right. head coaches and that's why it's so tough with Brandon Staley and we'll get to him but I do want to talk about a different coach first because since they didn't have a lot of room to make additions this offseason one of the biggest additions that they got was Kellen Moore from the Dallas Cowboys, right? Perfect kind of situation of, hey, him and McCarthy aren't getting along. He becomes available. And Brandon Staley, having moved on from Joe Lombardi, who was kind of frustrating, super frustrating to watch at times. Kind of. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, very frustrating to have a first view of. But, like, with Kellen Moore, this is kind of the big addition that you have offensively. What did you make of that hire and kind of the pairing with Herbert? Uh, I'm not going to harp on the Steelers, trust me, but – 
No, I sure. thought the two most frustrating offenses to watch schematically and coordinator wise last year were the Steelers and Chargers. And you can explain a little bit away with the Steelers. They got a rookie, rookie quarterback. You know, they don't have the same talent. And the Chargers don't have those excuses. I, I mean, frankly, right. I thought both offenses were poorly coordinated. And I don't throw coaches under the bus that often. They know way more than me. Sure. They're there. I've been in those buildings when if they are like, well, my left tackle can't block anybody. How do you expect me to throw downfield? You know, I mean, like there's extenuating circumstances. But more aside, Kellen more aside, I just feel like a change had to be made. And I'll just take door number two. You know, I saw door number one. I'll go fish. I'll take whatever's not in my hand. And it's probably It does add to it. Yeah. Yeah. And to Moore's credit, and I think he had a lot more power than McCarthy with the Cowboys. They also had tremendous star power. And year after year, they're at the top of the league in yards per play. You know, things of that nature. I don't know that he's a savant. I don't know that he's the next Sean Payton or, you know, Shanahan. But he has a pretty good track record with star power, well-rounded offense. And I think anything's better than what they played with last year, unfortunately. (laughs) We're going to get back to Matt Williamson, but I do need to tell you guys first about the official betting sponsor of the Locked On Chargers podcast, and that is FanDuel. And right now, guys, baseball is in full swing, and there's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, guys, new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's up to $1,000 back in bonus bets. If your first bet doesn't win, all you have to do is go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to join today and i love fanduel more than any other site that i've used because there are so many great props and parlays and promotions they always have going on and right now with baseball it's been very easy for me because i just figure out who i have to bet against and that is usually the padres because they've been playing so bad but there's so many great things to do and there's so many great parlays they make for you like shohei otani to win not only al mvp but also the al cy young award winner and so much more and it's always fast and easy to use and it's a safe and secure app that pays you instantly so don't miss out on your guys's chance right now to snag that no sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars when you join fanduel today just go to fanduel.com locked on to sign up fanduel official partner of major league baseball the, 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 the chargers sure. uh and chargers fans are very excited about kellen moore and, and what he's yeah. gonna do just you know instead and in, in kind of come almost in spite of joe lombardi just of because of how frustrating it was to watch all of the short intermediate underneath routes when you have a quarterback that can throw it 70 yards flat-footed but you know we we talked about the the head coach here you know moving on to brandon staley Brandon Staley does have a winning record here in each of his two Mm -hmm. seasons, but he's been pretty polarizing with some of the controversial decisions that he has made. In 2021, he made waves with how aggressive he was, and then last season, he took some heat for playing starters in a meaningless Week 18 game. What is your impression of Staley's first two years from the outside looking in? I thought he was better last year than the year before, and I do think I'm – I'm very prejudiced against rookie head coaches. I mean, people always talk about, oh, you got a rookie quarterback, you're in struggle. Rookie head coaches have a tough time. So if you don't take a step forward in year two, year three, it's a very difficult job. So I did see some progress. It worries me that deep down he's a defensive guy and the defense is more problematic than the other side. And it's not like they're lacking players on that side of the ball, but you know he was a defensive savant or whatever, and the style of play that he employed with lighter boxes and all those things hasn't translated with the Chargers as much as you would like. And, hey, 
it would be nice if they had Aaron Donald. I mean, I get that. I sure. mean, but yeah. you, you got to adjust, and they're not short on talent on that you side. You have Joey ball. Bosa. It didn't a lot last year, but you have Derwin right. James. I mean, you have yeah, guys. Yeah, you got dudes, right. I mean, you, you could be a lot worse with the cards in your hand than, you know, what he's had to deal with. So that worries me. Um, anyone that listens to me knows that I am a bit of an analytics nerd. I mean, I'm not good at it, but I use them quite a bit. And I think that you can go overboard at times, though, too. Like, for example, you mentioned the fourth down stuff. Like, if I'm the coach on the other sideline, I know you're not taking anybody by storm here. You know, like, right. yes, it's the smart move on paper to go for it on this fourth down, and the numbers tell you to do it. But the opposing coach knows you're going to do it, too. So their play calling on third down is different. And you know yeah. what I mean? Like, all of yeah. a sudden you become predictable. There's a ripple effect, yeah. Right, yeah. exactly. And people don't think about it enough that way. Yeah, I know. I think that makes a lot of sense, too. I think, you know, it, kind of to the Kellen Moore point that you made about not being Joe Lombardi, and that is kind of, you know, a plus for him without anything, you know, besides anything you did in Dallas. I think with Staley the first year going for it all the time, where it's like, yeah, you want him probably to rein it in a little bit, but, like, yeah. at least he had an identity, right? Like, at least yeah. that he was doing stuff differently than we saw Anthony Lynn and Mike McCoy and Norv Turner yeah. and guys before him do, right? So that, I right, think, right. kind of endeared him to a lot of Charger fans, right? But then at the end, you know, it didn't know he didn't always do it when it mattered most at the very end of that season. And I think that was something in 2022 where whether it was from the upstairs or not, like it was much more reasonable. And he was still going yes. for it in a lot more of the right situations where the analytics would tell you, hey, this is the right move to do here mm-hmm. without just throwing all caution to the wind, even though, you know, it takes some balls to do that as a rookie head coach, especially. Yeah. But but they were less egregious decisions. Or sure. They weren't as yeah. in left field. You know what I mean? They were oh, yeah. no, exactly. Right, right. Yeah, no, and that, I think that they, he's still kind of finding the balance there. But the Chargers just as a whole, you talked about it too, right, with the Steelers. They have the hardware to show up with the talent that they have there. The Chargers are the opposite of that, where they have all mm-hmm. the talent. And it never turns into the actual results that you want to see. Too often, they just don't live up to the hype. But outside of the draft, this team will be running it back with a very similar roster to the 2022 season. And like you touched on a little bit, they're not going to be able to keep this core together. Whether or not, you know, next year's a full rebuild. Like, I think there's ways they can get around a full rebuild. But you're not keeping four dudes with $32-plus million salary cap hits that aren't your quarterback on the 2024 roster. It's just not going to happen. This is a window that's closing, at least for this group, what are your biggest concerns for this team going into 2023? Real quick, I want to just rewind because there's something sure. I wanted to throw in there because to the Chargers' credit, to Staley's credit, if you are going to go for it a lot on fourth, well, invest in a center, draft a guard in the first round, go get a power back in the mid-rounds. Two of those three happened and worked. The other ones, yeah. they just keep drafting power backs and they're no good or whatever. <laughs> right. But you know, at least they understand this is who we are. So on fourth and one, we'll run behind Zion and Lindsay and hopefully get that yard. Or and investing in the offensive four. line has right, been great. Right, right. Like that's great. been huge. Great. And that wasn't a, a, wasn't a thing that happened before him, right? And Absolutely. he has to get credit for that. Rivers probably was like, where was that? You know what I mean? <laughs> all the time, man, we say it. We say yeah, it literally say all it, the yeah. time. I can imagine. Yeah, you know, And Herbert's a little more mobile than Philip. You know I mean? A like, lot more. <laughs> hey, help me out here. Biggest concerns for this year, or did you say going forward? Uh, I would say for this year because it's such a big year, right? Like, they, they're bringing back mostly the same roster. Yeah. So, like, it, the concerns in that. Obviously, you're hoping you get a healthy J.C. Jackson and Joey Bosa and all those things. But what mm-hmm. just from the outside looking in, if you're saying, hey, this season falls apart for the Chargers, it's because why? That's a tough one for me. I mean, I, I kind of was sitting there thinking, 
down the middle of the defense could certainly be better. You know, I mean, I wish there was more physicality. It feels like they've been looking for a linebacker for 100 years as well. How do you feel about Eric Kendricks? Probably sort of the Lombardi conversation. I'm like, it's better. I'll take door number two. And he's a, I don't know what he has left, but he's had a very good career. And I'm sure he's going to have value with the green dot and get everybody aligned and all those type of things. And even a presence like that can allow Derwin to blitz more or freelance more. They had the most broken plays in 2022, right? For a defensive minded coach, they had the most broken plays in the back end, most explosive plays, their bottom five. So it's like they weren't getting lined up for sure. That's been a problem. And people don't think about that stuff. They think every defense, oh, they can line up. It's easy. Not when you're playing against Shanahan and Reed and these dudes that mess with your mind all the time. And linebackers are very cerebral positions. So even if he is a step slower, his mind, I think, will help that group quite a bit. This is a crappy answer by me, too, but (laughs) I could be on Locked On Ravens, Locked On Dolphins and say the same thing. If the season gets derailed, it's because the AFC is awesome. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, I'm excited about the Steelers, but they might be the fourth best team in their division. You know, I mean, like, if I'm the Bengals and Joe Burrow, I'm ready to win titles. Well, damn, Pat Mahomes is down the road and the rest of the conference is just awful. Like, I can't remember a time when one conference was so much better than the other. And it's rough. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, the quarterbacks just by themselves. I mean, you stack right. up the NFC quarterbacks versus the AFC quarterbacks. Like, it just doesn't even really make sense with that lopsided. Well, pr- probably seven or eight of the top ten are in the AFC. Yeah? I mean, if, yeah. if we want to be Easily. honest, like Easily. it's just it's it's insane the disparity of talent between the two conferences. Depending but, on where you put Jalen Hurts, I mean, you could say the top five quarterbacks are all in the AFC, right? Like, I yeah. mean, that's that's kind of how yeah. crazy it is right now. I mean, I'm putting Hurts behind your guys' guy, and you know, yeah. as well as several others, and maybe Lawrence, Lawrence is going to pass Josh all Allen. those guys. Burrow, yeah. Bur- you know, those, Burrow, they're the top yeah. four to me. Herbert, maybe yeah. Lamar. You know, I mean, it's bad. I mean, if you're an AFC team, at least you guys have one of the top four, and it gives you a puncher's chance more than many teams. But well, and that's I the thing work. with Herbert yeah. too. It's like you can never expect him to be Patrick Mahomes, but if you're going to be stuck in this division you at least have to have someone who's going to give you a shot at it, right? Yep. Like, you can go into every game against Patrick Mahomes and at least know that the guy you have behind center is going to give you a shot. Maybe that doesn't win you the division, but, like, when you're in a that, you know, you have not just Mahomes, but also a Hall of Fame tight end and a, you know, one of the best offensive minds that we've seen in Andy Reid. So, it's like, sure. it, it is so tough, man, in the AFC. These streets are hard out here. Uh, and as you guys know and have been on the wrong end of, they're – since Andy Reid showed up, but especially since Mahomes there, their dominance in the division is unbelievable. I tweeted yeah. it like two weeks ago or whatever. Patriots-esque. I, I, it, Patriots-esque. I think Mahomes is like 36-2 and two against the West. I mean, it's it's something crazy like that. I'm, I'm off a few, but you yeah, guys realize but it, it is something brutal. crazy like that. Yeah, it really is. So it's kind of like, boy, Patrick Ewing was good, but Michael Jordan's in the conference. You know, like, yeah. uh, you know, I mean, there's a big feel of that around the entire AFC. Quick question for you guys, and I'm not saying I've heard this or I know it to be true because I adore Herbert and I've said everything good about him. Yeah. But do you think he's an assassin? You know what I mean? Is he? I think he's very mentally tough, you know, but is he Jordan? Is he Brady? Is he an assassin? Because to beat Mahomes, you have to be that guy mentally, you know, what's your thoughts on that? Good, dude. I think he's just been he's been chained up. Honestly, mm, I think okay. he's he's a he's yeah, a, yeah, yeah. A, a really really uh, amazing dog that's on a very short chain or has been on a very short chain. 
And I think it, it's time now for this dog to be put on the pedestal and put, put him Love in it. the dog show so he can shine. Yeah. And I think that was part of why the Chargers know and knew that they needed to bring in Kellen Moore and they needed to bring mm -hmm. in somebody that can really put Justin Herbert in every best situation to use all of his amazing gifts, the long arm, the, the mm -hmm. big arm, the athleticism, the ability to, to throw in the run. Like we didn't see enough of that from Joe Lombardi. So we're hoping that, Kellen Moore is the guy to unlock that for Justin. And the contract, no. the contract's yeah. about to reflect that, of course. Yes, exactly. Sure. You know, right, I, right, right. And that means I, something in the locker room. I'd say outwardly, though, to your question, it's no, right? Like, he's not the rah-rah guy. Like, he's not mm -hmm. Joe Burrow. He's not Patrick Mahomes. And, like, I don't know if that's something, even Josh Allen, right? Like, I don't know if you grow into that, right? Yeah. But what I would say, though. That was the knock coming out of Oregon. He's kind of spoken, you know. Sure. And, there's and a lot like, of ways to win, but. And I think that part is getting better as far as just the command and being willing to tell guys, hey, you've yes. done this wrong, right? And calling yeah. dudes out and keeping them in line. I think that part, he has actually come a long ways. I think you've started to see. I mean, look, if you go to the Rose Bowl, dude, like the year he won the Rose Bowl, like you can see him grinning from ear to ear how he's just, as he's just putting it on Wisconsin, right? As yeah. he's running Harder into the run. end zone yeah. for his, yeah, for his third rushing touchdown of the game, right? So like you see that gamer personality kind of show up at certain times it's always with his play and it's always and more deflection. and more every year too dan good, good, good more yeah. and more every year but he's a in lot the more game to more. me it's never been a question because yeah. like I, the thing is it's having watched his team like you go back to that raiders game where they needed a tie for the playoffs like what that dude did in that fourth quarter like 10 fourth down unflappable right so uh, it's like yeah. how much do you weigh the assassin part to the unflappable always even keeled type of dude right because the mm -hmm. other part of it is he's never letting the emotions get the best of him in these moments yeah he's I coming agree. through you go back to the titans game last year offense couldn't get anything going Ice he rolls water. out to the right just fires an absolute needle down the sideline 40 yards to mike williams and gets him in field goal range like at the end of these games He's unflappable. Is he going to be the rah-rah guy? I don't know. Would it be funner for Chargers fans to see him going up and just kind of yelling in dudes' faces like Phillip Rivers did? Yeah, I think at times it would. But in the game, I think that unflappable nature has shown itself in big moments throughout his career. I mean, I think it's one of the reasons he's been kind of, you know, whether you'd know it or not, and they're also down in a lot more games, one of the best quarterbacks at keeping his team in the game and going and winning games in the fourth quarter. I think that's really well said by both you guys. And I do think his heart rate never – gets crazy. He doesn't get too big. The moment's never too big for him. He's a cool cat. And I assume his teammates understand that. When they're in the oh, huddle yeah. with him down four, yeah. 55 seconds on the clock and one timeout, is this the guy we want? Yeah. That's all I need. But I maybe certain players face, need him you know? to bring that out of him, though. And maybe. that part, I don't know. You know, like, if you are a player, you know, outside of Herbert that needs someone to be like, hey, listen, we're going to go put this ball in the end zone. Mm -hmm. yeah. I don't know how many players need that because that that relationship and how those players see him in those huddles at the end of games, it's important. But he's come through again and again in those situations. Yeah, that 32-year-old guard that has four kids at home and <laughs> yeah. 18 million in the bank and right. been doing this a long time, does he look at the kid and be like, this is our dude? Or is he like, eh, we'll be fine. Yeah, you know, you know. yeah exactly. No, I yeah, think no, I, I think, you know, through his, his toughness and his tenacity and his just, you know, his, his will and his play, I think he's earned that respect. And I think yeah. you see it in snippets too, like in the Miami game, for example, last but year. But God, does it seem like, seem like he's trying to cover it up, man. <laughs> I mean, oh, yeah. For sure, that dude hates a camera. But he he. he, he <laughs> He ran for a first down late in that uh, fourth quarter in that Miami game, and he gives a little first down symbol. Like that's where he shows those moments where that does come out. And so mm -hmm. hopefully this year that comes out a little bit more because. 
the fans would love it. But, you know, just moving on a little bit, you know, the Chargers haven't done a lot to give Justin Herbert a lot of weapons until they did so this year in the first round. And they went and got Quentin Johnston out of TCU. What were your thoughts of the Chargers taking Quentin Johnston? I like it a lot because I think it staggers your three receivers nicely in terms of age, skill set, money. I mean, money's going to be a real problem with both those guys. I was a little shocked that they pushed the the can down the road for both the older receivers. Yeah, me too. Which made, you know, this this has to be a young, fruitful player, productive player early yeah. on. Yeah. Uh, I thought the, the hate's the wrong word, but the, the draft Nick disparaging for Johnston went a little far. You know, like, yeah. oh, his hands aren't great. Okay. I mean, drops are one of my least concerning things of wide receivers because the guys that lead the league in drops are Wes Welker. Stefan Diggs led the league in drops this year. Because you, yeah. you, yeah. you get a ton of targets. I wouldn't have thought that. Because you get a ton of targets. You know, Welker always had a lot of drops because he's yeah. catching the ball amongst linebackers three feet off the line of scrimmage and getting blasted in the teeth, you know? Yeah. I mean, so drops don't really worry me, but he's tremendous with the ball in his hands. I think he's explosive for a big man. There was a real shortage of big receivers in this draft, and he stood out in that way. You know, like, I'm glad they took him instead of Addison or Flowers or somebody like that. I think he'll throw his weight around in the run game. I do think they need to be a little more physical in the run game, and people don't think about really receivers benefiting that, but I think he helps in that regard as well. And the well. Chargers like, were terrible he... on the edge last year. When you have Michael Bainey yeah, yeah, and DeAndre right, right. Carter out there, I mean, it was, it was crushing <laughs> them on the perimeter. Yeah. yeah. Like, I thought Johnson was going to end up being a Raven, you know, blocking for Lamar on the edge and being a big body out there. So I, I think it's a really good fit. Well, and I mean, Tom Telesco just will not draft you unless you're under six feet tall, right? We all, we all know he has the type. <laughs> but, like, I think for, for me, the part I like most about it, the part I can get most behind is just, like, having someone that can punish people for wanting to do deep coverage, right? Taking the Putting the top on against Justin Herbert. You had yeah. no dudes who can actually do anything if you needed him to underneath, right? Underneath. He is yeah. instantly yeah, yeah, yeah. the best yak threat they have in that yeah. receiving core. And I mean, I think now that we've seen him out in training camp a little bit, he still looks that athletic against fields full of athletic dudes. Good, and good. I think that's when you kind of know a little bit where it's like, does yeah. it still look the same once everybody was the best player on their college and high school team, right? Does yeah. he still look like he's that freakish athletically? Let's end it on this. You're the host of the Real quick Contact. note, I apologize because no, I wanted no. just to throw Gerald Everett's name out there too, just yeah. because, I, you know, I don't think Dalton Schultz is a particularly athletic guy. You know, that Kellen Moore got a lot out of tight ends when everyone's focusing on CD Lamb and Zeke and all those dudes. I think Everett gets a spike in production too and has kind of been a little bit of an afterthought. You know, like I mentioned. mentioned, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think he's not a a nobody anymore. You know, like I, I know he's inconsistent. I know he can be frustrating, but he's a talent that could be tapped into a little bit more, I think. It doesn't Gerald Everett though. Yeah, I know he does, but like that's we've had the conversation. Like Gerald Everett always feels like he's in line for a breakout season. Like it always feels like they could have got a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, with the Rams, with the Seahawks, but he's Mm -hmm. he's steadily gotten better every season. And I think what people get too focused on is the fact that Kellen Moore used his tight ends so much in the running game, right? Having two tight ends on the field, having extra gaps for his backs to go into, right, and just giving those reads to his running backs. Where now you don't really have anyone that's a prototypical blocking tight end on this roster. You don't. You have many more kind of specific receiving threats. But sounds like Gerald Everett is someone I might be targeting in fantasy. Someone you can yeah. get really maybe as a backup tight end. But I'm sure since you're already deep into fantasy football, because you know draft season is coming up and sure. it's here for some people already. But 
You are the host of the Locked On Dynasty Football Show. Who are the Chargers players that you are bullish on heading up into this fantasy football season? Hmm, I've done Dynasty's obviously a different world, and sure. Johnston to me is Quinn a Johnson big time target, but he's expensive. You know, what I mean, yeah. in, in, in like the rookie draft world, you get five the, years of him with Justin Herbert, though. That's exactly, pretty, pretty exactly. Enticing. Yeah. And, and he's probably going to be the one two years from now. Yeah. I mean, you would assume, or assuming things go well, so he's very enticing. The only receiver I was taking over him in rookie draft is Smith Najigba, who I think is a star. I'm just Stud. a big, big fan of him. I if you're the best the receiver player. on a field with Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave, maybe people Good overthink it a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, <laughs> I think he catches 100 balls, you know, year after year. Um, other than that, I'm not saying I avoid any of them. I do a lot of these underdog best ball drafts, and I end yeah. up with my fair share of chargers, but I don't know that there's targets. Everett's boring. I mean, I take him in the twelfth round or something sure, like that because sure, he's dirt yeah. cheap. And I think Chargers fans just want to not know. like get like you know they they don't they want to be responsible when drafting their Chargers players. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Because yeah. it's like I think as a fan, if you're doing, we're it all so going to take them. to separate know where that, we should. You know? Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they have a lot of guys who will be drafted, right? Like oh, I think we know that, no doubt. And I think they're properly priced. I mean, I do expect the pie to get a little bit bigger this year. Cause I think the offense will be better coaching yeah. um, Slater being back, things like that. You know, Herbert's yeah. not getting his lung punk, you know, some of the, he's had some, injuries maybe Herbert well, running too. a little bit too. Now, maybe. I mean, yeah. with that Kellen Moore using it. Dak Prescott, I mean, he had, he had zero rushing touchdowns last year. I mean, I'm sure that always, you know, mm-hmm. we're hoping to see more of that using yes. that athleticism for sure. Yeah. I certainly understand that. I mean, I go back to the Steeler game. They would leave him wide, wide open, It'd take 12 yards, slide, first down. Oh, I he mean, ran all over the Steelers all in that over. game. They just allowed him to happen. Yeah. Right. I mean, so uh, he's very capable. He can do it all. I mean, he's a total superstar. Yeah. Obviously, no, I mean, Austin Eckler, right, is going to be, yeah. you know, way oh, out yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think he's right with McCaffrey is the first back off the board, you know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and I'm sure a lot of people after 20 touchdowns thought he would have a huge regression season after that. Mm. And he had 18 nope. touchdowns <laughs> the next year, right? right. Over yeah. 100 catches. So, I mean, a lot of people – Austin Eckler is going to be able it's it's so hard he's been so healthy too right like yeah. that is such an underrated part of it it's just like the dude is always on the field somehow at that size being you know like the pound for pound strongest player on that team but Matt thank you so much man That's I mean fun. it's so great to hear a national perspective on things you know get outside of our Chargers bubble a little bit a lot of things we're excited about and some things we're concerned about as well but hey thank you so much for taking the time and everyone Make sure you guys are checking out his shows. I mean, Peacock and Williamson, one of the best NFL shows out there right now for sure. And if you are in a Dynasty League, you have to check out Locked On Dynasty Football. But make sure you're following him at Williamson NFL on Twitter. Thank you so much, man. We appreciate it, man. This was fun. Thanks a lot, guys. Well, another special thank you to Matt Williamson. It was great to hear his perspective because, you know, we're inside of our Chargers bubble. And I was he gave a lot of different answers to even some of the things we've been talking about the entire offseason. But that is going to wrap things up for today's show. The good news is, Friday is about you because it's Fan Mail Friday coming up for the everydayers you already know. So if you want to get your questions in, hit us up on our Twitter at LockedOnLAC where we'll be putting a post out. Or you can call in and give a 30-second voicemail at 323-524-7924. We love getting your guys' voices on the show. Make sure you guys are hitting up the voicemail line. But the best way to never miss any show is to go follow or subscribe for free to the Locked On Chargers YouTube channel. And also... 
go listen wherever you get your podcast from and follow us there, Apple Podcast, Spotify, or wherever. So thank you guys again. You can also make sure to follow me and David because we post the show every day to all of our social media. You can find me on Twitter at DanTalkSports and David Drogmeyer on Twitter at DroTalkSD. And you can also find us on Instagram at LockedOnChargers and our Locked On Chargers Facebook page. So make sure you guys are back here on Friday. Make sure you get your questions in. David Drogmeyer's DMs are always open, as you know, but excited to get into a fan mail Friday show to end the week. But until then, guys, take it easy and go Bolts.